Previously on the Lewis Learn Zone. What do you mean I don't have chlamydia? I have to have chlamydia! Don't you see? Everyone I've told about the MCAT is either dead or stinks of cat urine. Susan, try to stay calm. The phone calls are coming from inside the phone. Yes, we have, Your Honor. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty on all charges. No! She's lying! It was Karen Labrador! It was Karen No. Area 51 was just a smokescreen. The real secrets are hidden in Area 69. You didn't indicate. You didn't indicate. You didn't... Hello, this is Paula Radcliffe's agent. Sorry, I'm just in the middle of lunch. Is, is this important? Yes. But you must choose where. For if you select the wrong gemstone, the spear of longinus is mine. <laughs> you can't take both the Everly sisters to the same dance. Ir a la policía por todos tus tonteras de Yu-Gi-Oh falsas. Good evening. The Duke of York, Prince Andrew, has been found shot dead in a known dogging area. But first, aren't pork scratchings a superfood? No, I'm totally serious. I've been storing all of my excrement inside condoms and putting those condoms in locked up drawers. And when I went to check on them today, they were totally gone. They were totally gone. And now, back to the Lewis Learn Zone. Fjot min serdik brudersib, for pais bedu sifora. Or, fight, my Saxon brothers, for this battle is for all. That is what Harold Godwinson cried from atop the grassy knoll from which he surveyed the men who had rallied to he and his brother's call to defend their homeland from the Norman forces of William the Conqueror and his general, Alan. This episode of History Slot is, of course, exploring the Battle of Hastings. Hello there, this is Lewis Blomfield, and as ever... I'm joined by my best friend in the whole wide world, my little dog, Skag. Do you want to say hello, Skag? <laughs> Good lad. Now then, today I'll not only be discussing the Battle of Hastings, but also embarking on a search for the elusive engraved stone that marks the exact spot where Gerth Godwinson fell to the axe of Alan. Now, Skag and I are currently trudging over the western end of the seven-mile battlefield. This, of course, where Gurth's hardened Saxon infantry clashed with Alan's armoured cavalry. Now, much of the battlefield has been built over due to our nation's population crisis, soon to be a world crisis, but I won't go into that now. So, Skag and I take in this historic battlefield we stand in the shadow of the English Chess Federation building, which, of course, is just so fitting because the Battle of Hastings, much like the chess championship held last month in the building behind me, didn't have many people there. 
There is a lot of debate still to this day, some arguing that figures could be somewhere in the range of 15,000. Others believe the total number of men on both sides is closer to a baker's dozen. And if the latter estimate is true, well then considering that of those 13 men present, half of them were the army's commanders, one must come to the conclusion the fighting would have been very, very, very nasty. <laughs> you think so, don't you, Skag? Yes? Oh, that's why I love you. Right, let's head to the heart of the battle zone. Sneed Urkelior Normandisk Berg. These were the cries as Saxon steel fell upon Norman tapered kite shield. Iron boon buffets helmet and skull. Blood and excrement are heavy and infest the air of the battlefield. And amidst all this, Gurth and Alan scour the battle plain for one another. Now, it is recorded that Alan remained mounted for almost the entire battle, which would lead one to believe that his field of vision would be greater, allowing him to spy Girth first. Though, of course, there is the reverse argument, of course, that Girth could blend in with his infantry and surprise the elevated Alan. What do you think happened, Skag? <laughs> yes, me too. Well, regardless, it's known that the pair did meet. Alan said to have let out his signature war cry. Ah! Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> it's quite a bit like that. I wonder who that... Ah! I wonder... Oh. Perhaps... What's going on over there? Some sort of historical reenactment, perhaps? They're wearing very modern dress, though. There's three men... Two of them standing, one in sort of a leather bomber jacket and chartreuse trousers, uh, and the other in a suit, uh, as is the fellow who's kneeling on the ground. Uh, I must say, no, not please, at all in keeping with the chainmail armour used in 1066. Perhaps it. I should go over and... Oh! 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 He hit, he hit him with a crook lock. Tell him where it is, Monty. No! <laughs> please! I would have told you, you know oh, I would. Just tell him, Monty. Oh, oh dear. I'm not gonna ask you again. I, uh, I, don't, I don't think this is a reenactment at all. What do you think, Skag? Yes, me too. Oh, oh no. Oh, he's cutting. He's cutting his fingers. He's doing one with his fingers. He's cutting them with clippers. Which, it must be said, was a tactic used by Saxon troops uh, on captured archers. Just do him. Oh, sweet lord, they've cut him open. Oi! Ah, oh, good, after good afternoon. Uh, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Don't worry. It's just, um, it's, it, uh, it's just history. I'm, do it's ju I'm doing the history. Goodbye! No! Oh, my! Skag! Skag, come with me! Now, listeners, I am currently fleeing from the man in the chartreuse trousers and the bomber jacket. I believe he's wielding a non-prop machete. 
I'm making for a wooded area. And this is keeping in topic. This is keeping in topic with today's show, as this was, of course, a tactic used by the Saxons for false fleeing. Oh, God! No! Oh, he's a burly fellow. I'm managing to put some distance between us now. I think he's, I think he's going to try. Oh no, Skag! Skag, come by, Skag! Skag, no! I've lost him. I've made it to the trees. I've made it to the trees. something written on it oh my word skag we found it we found the site of girth godwinson's demise oh this is amazing oh what a wonderful day oh this is very lucky we should get the map out of my pocket mark it down Fantastic stuff. Wonderful. Oh, my. Look at the time. Right. Right then, Skag. Time. Time for me and you get back to our Volvo and go to the service station for a very well-deserved cup of tea, eh, boy? Yes. Well, I think... This brings us to a nice, tidy end for today's history slot. Join me next time when I'll be attempting to discover the origin of the humble ankle sock. I wonder why they wanted those answers from that man that they killed. Well, I suppose that's now a piece of history to be discovered by another on another day. Goodbye.
between a Reebok and Garb Store. Oh, right. Great. Garb Store. Yeah. Man, I, I just got mine from Sports Direct. Oh, no. You should, uh, you shouldn't, no one should go to Sports Direct nowadays anymore. Sports Direct? Nowadays you shouldn't go to Sports Direct anymore. Oh! Yeah, Mike Ashley. Oh, right. Uh, bad man. Doesn't, like, he makes his workers, like, wet themselves. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good that you know that. No, yeah, I read about it. So I sent him a tweet sending for him. I had to. Right. How do you know that Gab Store doesn't use the same factories? Yeah. Do you want to go do some lines of Charlie in the disabled toilets? Yeah, I'd love to. You had me at Reebok. Reebok. I think I love you. Yes, okay, send him in. Right then, sit down, Mr. Higgins. Look, if I can just say straight off... Shut up. That... Let's be clear, right? The only reason you're even getting this meeting is because your wife is friends with Jane. Oh, come off it. You want your pound of flesh, then fine. But don't make out like this is anything more than a minor incident. What did you say to the student? <sighs> really? What did you say to him? You know what I said to him. I want to hear from your mouth exactly what you said to him. Whenever you're ready, Mr. Higgins. I said, will you shut up? I said, will you shut up and stop acting like a bleeding mental case? There's the full ride. Will you shut up and stop acting like a mental case? To a child with dyslexia. I was never told that. I mean minor dyslexia. Half the class are probably minorly dyslexic. Oh sorry, yeah, no great. Oh that's great. Yeah, I'll oh, thank thank you. Well I can I can just tell that to Mark and the PTA, can't I? Oh, come off it, Michael. Headmaster. What? I'm not Mike in here. In this room, I'm the headmaster. I can't believe we're even discussing this. I was trying to teach an unruly class. Oh, well, Mr Higgins, how very innovative of you. Tell me, what other hate crime-based techniques did you have planned for the rest of the semester? Teach the kids percentages with segregation? Or how about biology? How about you do that by pulling your trousers down? How dare you? Now look here, Michael. Head. Master. 
This is ridiculous. This is... All right, look here, Headmaster. You don't... Oh, I am looking. I'm looking right at an empty chair, because there's nothing sitting in it. You're fired. You don't have the authority to say that, Mike. Headmaster! You're fired! You can't talk to me like this, right? I'm part of the union. I'll report this, and we'll just see who's fired here. Give me your gun and your badge. What? What are you... Your gun and your badge, Sapperstein. What's what's going on? You're out of your depth, and you're out of my precinct, you hear? Right. I'm going to leave now, Mike. Head master. Get off me. Mike, what the hell are you doing, man? Get up. Uh, lock the door! I don't know what the hell you think you're doing, but if you don't let me out of here right oh, now... You knew what you were getting yourself into when you took the job. Oh. Oh. Uh, I want oh. your gun. What are you doing? Oh, stop it! Oh. Open the door! Master. Open the door for Casey! I'm the I'm the king of the world! When I was younger, one of my greatest fears was that I would not be remembered after I was dead. That my legacy would last perhaps one or two generations and then there would be nothing left of me. And so great was this concern that it influenced basically every major decision I made in my life. Up until I was around 18 or 19, when I remember reading an article by a writer whom I admired, and she confessed that she had been captured by the same fear, but that she had one day come to a very simple realization that if there is indeed an afterlife, one would be simply so concerned with living that you wouldn't care about the impact of your previous existence. And then on the other side, if there is not an afterlife, well then, whom remembers you is really none of your concern because you're dead. And I remember feeling suddenly a great weight lifted from me the moment I read those words. And do you know the funniest thing of it all? Is I simply cannot remember her name. She's well. Thank you for listening to the Lewis Learn Zone. For a full list of credits, or to get straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice for free, visit 
lewisblomfield.com and continue the learn.